0: hello beautiful humans i'm your host marissa and welcome to the hope wellness podcast where we dive into everything from the effects of diet culture and how to free yourself from it body image struggles and healing and provide you with some no bs nourishment truths each episode we dig into one of these areas with trailblazing individuals and women who are spreading empowering and positive messages in the health and wellness industry And so today I would like to welcome Summer on. She is a very special guest. I'm very excited to have a conversation with her today. Um, Summer is a certified functional diagnostic nutritionist. She is a root cause nutritionist with a focus on gut, hormone, and metabolism health. She helps women find the root cause of their symptoms using bioenergetic testing and functional nutrition. Hello and welcome, Summer.
1: Hi, Marissa. Thank you so much
0: for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I'm super excited. Um, so just a bit about Summer. She has struggled with binge eating, body dysmorphia, and believes that many of her deep-rooted traumas contributed to her Lyme disease, which we are going to talk about today. And Summer and I have a lot in common. And I know that like we found each other through Instagram, which I love. And I feel like as soon as I found your page, I was like, oh, this girl knows her stuff. And <laughs> you're just so interesting. But then when we started to talk even more, I was like, I couldn't believe how many similarities we had in our story. So yeah, I'm just really excited to share your story as well. Um, So let's hear a little bit about what got you to where you are today. And just I'm sure everyone would love to hear more about um, like the Lyme disease and kind of yeah, what's got you to this place of wanting to heal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. So I've kind of been through the ringer in terms of my health, which you already know. Um, You know, from a young age, my mom was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. So growing up, I watched her really struggle going to some of the best doctors in the country and not being able to figure out what the root cause was. She has fibromyalgia. Um, and then once I hit around like college age, I started getting all of the same symptoms. I had chronic fatigue. I had terrible anxiety. Um, on top of all of that, I had binge eating disorder. I had a really bad body image, um, and making matters worse at that time, I decided to go vegan and I was a vegan for four years and I was super restrictive and, I was put on birth control, um, multiple different antidepressants, all kinds of different diet regimens. Um, I had cystic acne, (laughs) um, insomnia. There are so many different symptoms. It's seriously just a laundry list of symptoms that I was experiencing. And I also saw a laundry list of different doctors and none of them were ever able to help me whatsoever. And so once I got to the point where I was graduating college and I was really trying to figure out what to do with my life, that was the point where I said, okay, I have to actually figure out what's going on or it's going to continue to get worse. And so that's when I went back to school to become a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And I started working in bioenergetics. And then once I started going down that road. That's kind of how I figured out that I had Lyme and I had mold illness and a lot of other things. Um, So I really started to dig deeper into my root causes. And then I started working with clients and helping other women do the same. So that's kind of what got me to where I am today.
0: Yeah. I find that all so fascinating. Um, Tell me a bit more about the bioenergetics because I don't know a lot about that. And I know When we first talked and you got your um like certified with your diagnostic nutritionist um certification you even said kind of that you still like i don't think they offered bioenergenics and you kind of like found that on your own so tell me a bit about that
1: yeah yeah that's a great point so i went back to school through functional diagnostic nutrition and although they're an incredible company and they do offer a lot of different functional lab work options I ran every single lab on myself. I did the HTMA, I did the Dutch test, the GI map. They all had crazy results, but it still didn't show me what the root cause was. And so I was just always going down these different wormholes. And I don't even remember how I figured out about bioenergetic testing. I think I was just reading some random person's blog about like parasites one day and I heard about it. Um, So then I really started researching that a lot. And essentially what it is, is there's a few different forms of it um just bioresonance and energy testing in general, but the one I use is a small hair and saliva sample. And essentially what we do is we take your samples and we scan for the bioenergetic code. And then what we do is we scan your unique bioenergetic code against the bioenergetic codes of multiple different stressors for example different parasites different bacteria molds metals things of that nature and that's like a super high level overview it's extremely um, nuanced and difficult to explain, but it's seriously incredible. And I really do believe it is the future of healthcare. It's not diagnostic, but it does always point us in the right direction in terms of root causes, which is really great. And I think that's something that's really lacking in the current like functional medicine space.
0: Yeah. I was even just going to say like getting to the root cause. Um, cause even when you think uh, of like nutrition or Uh, maybe you're having a symptom like you're really tired or something's going on with your gut a lot of people or at least I guess western society will give you a pill or they'll give you something for that symptom when in reality it's like it could be like a way different thing that's actually causing what's going on and I find like that root cause piece is so interesting and overlooked a lot of the times too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing that really always bothered me. Even when I was working with like world-renowned naturopaths, they were still giving out these, I call them blanket protocols. Like they're just these protocols that they give to every single one of their clients, no matter what their symptoms are. And they don't really ever try to dig deeper into root causes. Same thing with like birth control and antidepressants at a Western medicine level, you know, they really just, pass those out like candy to anyone having any kind of like hormone imbalance or gut dysfunction so that's pretty much everything that I am against (laughs) in the world of uh, medicine
0: yeah no kidding and that's the thing too it's like if you want to really be healthy for the long term and feel good and correct those symptoms it's not a it's not just about correcting the symptoms it's about what's actually going on because like you said and I'm curious too with like things like mold and even Lyme disease and parasites, like how prevalent do you think that is for general population? Like, is there a certain like statistic or like do a lot of people just not know that maybe they have these things? What's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, that's a really great, excuse me, great question. one thing that I always like to ask people or tell people, if you have a pulse, you have a parasite. So
0: I saw your TikTok, when you did that, and I was like, oh,
1: she's good. Yeah, okay, <laughs> she did that, okay. Yeah, so everyone has parasites. We're, we're colonized by these organisms to a large degree and they impact um, you know they impact the way we think, the way our organs function. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like there's beneficial parasites. There's beneficial bacteria. Um, And we all have bacteria. We all have parasites. We all have, most of us, you know, have different fungus and molds. Um, Because of our current environment, most of us, you know, have a certain degree of heavy metals. So it's not necessarily if you have these things, it's more so if they are overgrowing, if they are causing symptoms and starting to kind of get a little bit out of control, because it's usually. Well, it's never just one thing. Like it's rarely just one parasite that's causing all the issues. It's usually a conglomeration of a lot of different things that have kind of stacked on top of each other throughout the years, sometimes even from birth. And you don't start noticing the chronic symptoms and still until they start getting really bad. But, you know, without you noticing, they've kind of been building up throughout the years.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's the crazy part to me that I Never took a second look at things like from birth, what you were consuming or the environment you were in, or yeah, like your surroundings. I I know you talked about if you took antibiotics and birth control and all these other things, and it's like, holy crap! It's yeah, it it doesn't surprise me that probably so many people deal with those things. It's just like you said, it's a matter of if they're causing problems or not, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the other thing I want to talk about, which I always find so interesting, I feel like no matter what, and I don't know if this is just women, maybe it's, you know, men and women, but I find whenever we're going through symptoms or, you know, we're trying to get somewhere, maybe whether that's losing fat or whatever it is, fixing our gut issues, we always, for some reason, turn to restricting. And I know you even said, I don't know what you're Um, motive behind going vegan was, if that was to also kind of maybe fix what was going on. But it's like, why do we always feel like less food and, um, you know, less bioavailable food and more cardio and all these things when really that's what's doing more harm than good?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's like my biggest pet
1: peeve, especially in like the diet industry is that Women are a lot more prone to chronic illness just because of the way we're, you know, biologically made and how our hormones function. We have much less testosterone, um, more fatty tissue. And when women start to get these different symptoms, like bloating, for example, their first step is going to be to go on some crazy crash diet, like intermittent fasting, um, cutting out all carbs, keto, yeah like doing all kinds of crazy cardio and hit workouts. And I cannot stress enough that that is the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. If you are in any kind of situation with any chronic symptom, you should not be spiking your cortisol levels by doing crazy workouts and intermittent fasting. You should not be going on crazy diets without carbs or sugar. Your body needs glucose to detox, to function in general, your brain needs glucose. So I could go on about that forever, but this nature of restriction when it comes to healing, it just doesn't make sense. You should have a mindset of abundance if your goal is healing at the end of the day.
0: I love that. I love the abundance mindset. And I think that's what why we click so well too, because I'm so anti-diet and (laughs) anti-restriction, but that is For whatever reason our first the first thing we look at it's like even for me i like i remember a couple months back um we chatted and i was kind of having gut issues and same thing someone told me oh you should do an elimination diet and cutting out all these food groups and it's like okay maybe to a certain extent figuring out if some foods trigger you yes but it's not that's not like we just talked about it's not the root cause it's probably not the food probably something else is going on or maybe yeah maybe you're prioritizing the wrong foods but it's definitely not like under eating is never the answer it just exasperates the issues
1: yeah absolutely and another big thing right now I don't want to call it a fad, but it kind of is, it's like the food sensitivity testing. And to a certain degree, I think that elimination diets can be helpful if you're really experiencing severe symptoms and you need a little bit of symptom relief while you're finding your actual root cause. Sure. That's fine. Go for it. But I myself have been put by doctors on these insane elimination diets. Like we did a food sensitivity test for me when I was really dealing with my Lyme symptoms Pretty bad. And I I came up as sensitive to I think it was 45 super common foods, pretty much everything. So there was a point where I was eating like five foods per day. And that went on for months. And it almost killed me because there I wasn't getting any carbs either. And people need to realize that cutting out foods is not solving the root cause. Like that for example, if you're intolerant to dairy, that can be a sign that you have a parasitic infection and that's something that needs to be addressed. You don't just cut out dairy for your whole life and then hope that your symptoms go away. So yeah, that's another big thing that I wish people knew for sure.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And that kind of just, I feel brings us back to like Western society and our culture and restricting and again kind of just slapping a band-aid on it or slapping a pill on it and it's like that's not really gonna fix it and then that almost brings me to thinking because we were talking about this the other day and I find it so interesting but let's talk about food a little bit because I find that especially the more I'm diving into this pro-metabolic hole which I'm absolutely loving learning about um, I'm just beginning to realize how I feel like especially in this in this world of if you started off as a bodybuilder or even if you just started off wanting to kind of know what you're eating and maybe you only knew how to read a nutrition label for the macros. So you look at a nutrition label. I know for myself I would look at the calories, the fat, the protein and the carbs and those would be my indicators of if I should buy this food or not. <laughs> Meanwhile, I never even looked at the ingredients in the food of like, is there gums in it? Is there fake sugar? Is there whatever it is? There's so many additives and crap in our food these days. And I feel like, you know, probably a lot about this too, maybe a little bit more than me because you specialize in gut health, but I want to hear your take on this. Like what, like, just let's speak on this a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is another super important topic because although I feel like the bodybuilding community isn't quite as hardcore as it used to be, like in like the 2010s era, (laughs) I still think there's a huge lack of awareness on like what's healthy when it comes to counting macros and focusing on like muscle gain and bodybuilding. And you said it yourself, like what a lot of people tend to do is they'll just focus on the fat carbs and protein, the calories. And then, you know, if that fits their macros for the day, sure. Chuck it in there. Like, let's go for it. But you also have to consider, for example, like a birthday cake protein bar. Like I see those all the time on Instagram, like those crazy flavors, the macros are beautiful. Like, yes, they're great. The ingredient list is cake. Like pure cancer. I can't like I cannot stress enough how terrible the ingredients in some of those foods are, and they're marketed as health foods. And you also have to remember that where we are now in 2022, the bodybuilding and the the diet industry is like a multi billion dollar industry, and 99.9 percent of these supplement companies and like macro friendly food companies do not have your health in mind. They're just trying to sell the next coolest, like hippest product that will look cool on like TikTok or whatever. And they, they really aren't focusing on nutrient density, vitamins and minerals, which you need to survive. They're just focusing on making sure that there's 20 grams of protein in that bar. And also who's to say that it's even bioavailable protein. For example, if it was like pea protein, you're digesting like 5% of that. So yeah, definitely another pet peeve.
0: (laughs) And I hear you. such a good point. And I can't remember where I read it. Um, But yeah, that's literally what's happened, right? Is because the fitness industry is booming and people are more interested in eating enough protein and building muscle and they're going to the gym. So they are buying things like the protein bars and like protein chips and protein crackers and protein wraps. And it's like, Okay. But like, is that real food? Like you said, what's actually in those foods? And yeah, for me, I never used to read the actual ingredients. And now that I'm so aware of it, I read these things and I'm like, Oh my God, that's actually kind of disgusting. Really? Like putting that in your body and especially if you're consuming it, I think about how I used to probably drink three protein shakes a day, probably have two protein bars a day. And I wondered why Mm -hmm. I was bloated and then that also brings me to the topic of freaking salads. And I'm not trying to demonize salads, but like as a person who used to eat probably like two massive salads a day, because I thought I was doing the best thing for my health. And I was like, oh, I'm going to lose so much fat eating all these salads. Um, meanwhile, I was slowing down my metabolism, consuming all these like hard to digest vegetables. Um, I feel like this vegetable topic is so shocking especially to me but I feel like anyone listening is gonna be like what my salad's not doing me any good tell us about the vegetable thing summer
1: yeah <laughs> i feel like this is the point where people really start to hate me and they always ask me like well what is safe like what can i still eat but I will get there. Um, so yeah, with the salad, one thing to keep in mind, I do not recommend eating a lot of raw vegetables in general, but especially not if you're dealing with any kind of GI distress, like bloating or constipation, um, vegetables are extremely difficult to digest. They're very high in what's called anti-nutrients, um, which includes things like oxalates and lectins, which actually block the absorption of certain minerals and protein. So for example, if you're eating a huge kale salad with a bunch of chicken and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm getting so much protein with this. Well, you have to consider that the anti-nutrients in the kale combined with the chicken are going to block some of that protein absorption. And same with like some of the vitamins and minerals in that meal. And if you look ancestrally, um, back our ancestors weren't eating salads. <laughs> like, they would make very vitamin rich broths with greens. And then they would throw away the greens and consume the broth because they knew that those vegetables were actually damaging the gut lining. And with vegetables, I, I like to tell my clients they're better sauteed in some butter because that makes them easier to digest. Same thing with like nuts and seeds. They're very high in anti-nutrients. They're also high in polyunsaturated fats. I'm not saying never eat these things because they do have nutrients in them that we need, but I would say be a little bit more mindful of like celery juice or huge green smoothies or giant salads all the time. Like those, they really aren't doing as much good for your body as you think they are. And coming from being vegan for four years too. And a lot of my past clients who have helped transition out of veganism. The reason why we think that these foods are so healthy is because we see people who consume lots of salad and they are on a plant-based diet and they're so skinny and they're glowing and they're healthy, but you can't blame like meat and dairy products for what they actually did, which is like cutting out all fast food, cutting out most polyunsaturated fats, cutting out processed foods, like, yeah, they're gonna look a lot healthier than the average person because all they eat is like apples and lettuce. So, uh,
0: but you they look good doesn't mean they feel good, they probably feel like garbage. So, yeah, absolutely.
1: Like, when I was vegan, I was so skinny, and people probably thought I looked great, and I was dying, like, my hormones were in the dumpster. So, just Things to consider and keep in mind for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. And the thing that I like to add too to give people more perspective around the vegetable thing is like just because it's out in the nature and out in the wild, it doesn't always mean we're supposed to be eating it, right? Like you said, like our ancestors weren't just like picking up leaves and eating them. And so, and then I always always like to say, too, if it's above the ground, you have to think these plants are trying to trying to survive. So that's where you get those anti-nutrients because like, they don't want to be eaten. They're just trying to produce and spread and whatever. Like, they're not trying to like, be like, oh, we're here for like human consumption. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of mind blowing. Right. Because like, I was, I was that person too. I was, you know, pounding spinach into my smoothies and all these green leafy salads and all these raw vegetables. Um, and same thing. Like I looked part I guess of like what you would quote unquote think someone is healthy like tiny whatever frame Um, but I felt like crap because I wasn't eating carbs and I wasn't like nourishing my body so it's it's you don't get the full picture just by and I think that's another good point too is health doesn't have a size and if anything I like to bring it back to as women we actually thrive with more body fat, right? Like we're not supposed to have a six pack. We're not supposed to see every single muscle definition on our bodies, but we're so conditioned with that every single day, whether it's Instagram or on TV or billboards of these crazy lean women. And maybe like for 2% of the population that's, they they thrive and they're healthy, but for most of us, probably not so much. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's this thing called set point theory, which is like everyone has a healthy body weight that they'll naturally gravitate to. And the idea that it's natural for all of us to feel good at the body weight where we would have a six pack is absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Like we're all built so differently. We all have different genetics, different set point, and you can shift your set point, particularly with like weightlifting um, and resistance training. But with that being said, like the people who tend to be promoted, like in the media and on Instagram, they're naturally very thin. And then they'll like pick up a workout program or like a tea and start promoting it. And they say, oh, this is how I got so thin, like buy this. And I think that that culture on social media has just got so toxic because we look at thicker women and we don't say like, oh, they look so healthy, but I've kind of finally gotten to the point where i've rewired my brain where i see a thicker woman with like glowing skin and great hair and she's like eating a great pro-metabolic diet i'm like wow she looks fertile like she looks like she could probably have a lot of children and have a very healthy life like it's taken a lot to shift that mindset but i think you have to remember that yeah exactly what you said just because someone looks healthy or looks skinny doesn't mean that they actually are and it doesn't mean that their hormones are in a good place either
0: uh, exactly I even think back to my bodybuilding years and I'm so glad that whatever happened in my life made me pivot my Instagram page because I was 100% that girl that posted her abs all the time and I was promoting certain products and I never maybe was like the one to say like oh this one thing got me here but I for sure was like advocating for my like crazy restrictive diet and like all the carbs that are yeah the carbs that I wasn't eating (laughs) all the cardio that I was doing and you know you kind of get into that mindset of like oh you just need to want it bad enough you just need to have discipline and it's like no like you're fighting against your body you're dragging yourself through the mud and same thing, I've shifted almost my views on what a healthy body is or what a healthy woman should look like. And again, there's no one set look, but you can see it in her glow and in her skin and in her her energy. And um, where was I going with this? Uh, oh, I know. So when I was like doing all these restrictive things, um, same thing, like people were complimenting me and were like, yeah, like inspired and motivated. Meanwhile, I felt like garbage and it was never enough no matter how lean I got and someone would maybe say I looked great I would look in the mirror and still be unhappy or unsatisfied or miserable and it's almost like I wish I think I said this in the last episode too but it's just so true if everyone were to be as lean as they wanted to be they would realize that's actually not the answer to happiness or to like feeling good at all. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I could relate to that so much because when I was
1: in my bodybuilding phase where I was, I was going to the gym for over an hour, every single day, seven days a week. And I would come home and look in the mirror and I'd take like a thousand progress pictures and pictures of my abs. And every time I walked past a mirror, I'd like lift my shirt up and do an ab check. Like I was such a gym bro. It makes me sick to think about, but looking back, I was so unhappy with my body and here I am now like six years later and I've gained about 40 pounds and I really couldn't care less. (laughs) Like I'm very curvy now and I really don't care. Like if my clothes don't fit anymore, I just go buy new ones. And I continue to nourish myself no matter what, even if I go up a pant size, like I think that women also need to realize that as you get older throughout your fertile years, like you don't just stop growing at 16. Like you keep growing until you're like 30 pretty much. And even beyond that. And we need to accept that more (laughs) as a society. Cause I think we all assume that we're just going to stay the same size we were when we were like 16 or 18.
0: And that it's, it's taking it back to that. Like stop fighting against your body. Like what it needs to do. It's so smart and we're just fighting and fighting and fighting to like you said get back to that high school weight or fit back into that pair of jeans and like it's okay if you don't and I would even add that it's probably good that you don't because it means that you're healthy and it means you know if you have gained a bit of weight or you're just more voluptuous or more full or your skin is healthy or whatever it is like that's a good thing um And yeah, I I love the point you made about the clothing too, right? Because it's just so, it's so easy to want to fit into that old pair of jeans or whatever it is and think like, oh, I'm a failure or I'm not beautiful anymore because I don't fit into this size, Um, which also like clothing size is complete bullshit too. So it's like, how can you even like, you know, put your worth into that, but it's easy to do. Like, I've definitely been there Um, and I even relay that too, to the injury that I'm dealing with now is like, like you said, in the past, um, I probably would have been super stressed and pissed off and whatever about the fact that I have gained weight and my body looks different. And I 100% would have restricted in the past. I would have like fought hard to keep that same body would have under would have been like, Oh, well, if I just keep under eating, like, it'll be fine. But now I'm like, no, I actually can't, I can't bring myself to do it. I need to nourish my body and I need to like, give it what it needs. And I think that shift, um, is like truly life-saving in a way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And also one thing I wanted to mention, like looping it back to the root causes and the toxins, um, like if you're gaining weight and you are not really sure why, like you haven't changed anything in your diet, you're exercising the same. You need to remember that fat is not a bad thing. Like yeah. There's some, there's negative side effects of, you know, having extra fat, but your fat is there to protect you. It's there for a reason. Your fat holds the toxins that your body's trying to hold away from your other organs. So your fat is that protective layer holding onto those toxins so that you, you know, they can't penetrate like your heart or your lungs. And so, um, when you start to detox and properly address those toxins, that might be an avenue for weight loss as well. And if you're, you know, intermittent fasting and doing all these diets and pounding it so hard at the gym, all that's doing is increasing cortisol levels, skyrocketing them, and you're still not addressing the root cause of that weight gain, which is probably some toxins that your body's holding on to, especially if you're later on in life where, you know, you've been accumulating toxins your entire life and you haven't really done any kind of like detox protocols. So that's something to keep in mind as well with fat. It, it's protective.
0: <laughs> I love that you mentioned that because it goes, it's in the same breath too of like, if you're finally just starting to eat enough and you're gaining a bit of fat, like that's okay. Your body's just trying to heal. And that's the thing too. It just wants to feel safe. And like you said, if you are gaining a bit of weight, going through those detoxes or your body's trying to protect you from toxins, it's the same for if you're just finally Giving it what it needs, like okay, it's if I if I had to under eat and starve myself so hard to keep a certain body type, your body does not want to be there. Like-
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think also with that, you have to keep in mind that if you've been dieting and restricting and over exercising for like a lifetime, your body is thinking that it's in a fast, that it's in a famine, that there's not enough food resources around, and so. Once you start feeding it enough, it's going to say, oh my gosh, I don't know when I'm going to get fed this much again. I'm going to hold on to all of it to protect my organs. So the first place that most people gain fat is like around their visceral organs and their stomach. And usually, you know, as you continue to feed your body, the amount that it actually needs, that fat will naturally come off. But yeah, once you first start to actually nourish yourself for the first time, your body's going to hold on to some fat. That's just, how it works. That's how your body protects you.
0: <laughs> yes, literally. And it's the same, especially if you're focusing on rebuilding your metabolism health, like you said, after years or a whole lifetime of dieting, which I'm sure many women, especially listening, have <laughs> done that. I know I have spent many, many years dieting. Um, yeah. Like it's going to take time. And I think it also stems down to the fact of we need to stop looking for the quick fix and again, stop fighting against our bodies, but more so just focusing on the nourishment journey, like wanting to feel good and being patient with it and not rushing to look a certain way in 30 days. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen unless you want to keep digging that hole deeper. Um, Cause I know I, for the women that I work with too, like, it's tough, it's tough to kind of see your body change, but it's meaningful work when you're nourishing and you're rebuilding your metabolism, but it's hard to not want to quit and go back to your old ways. Like, I can't count how many times I've done that where I'm like, uh, like I'm eating enough, but then I'm like, mm, this feels weird. and It's really hard. So like, I'm going to start dieting again. And it's just like, I mean, sure you can do that, but it's like, at what point are you going to say, okay, enough is enough. And actually just focus it on the healing journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. And I think that that's, that's something that I go through a lot too, even still as a functional nutritionist, and I've been, you know, nourishing myself for years now, but there will still be times where like some pants fit too tight and I'm like, Oh, do I need to start counting macros? Or like, do I need to, do I need to do more time on the Stairmaster? Like that old bodybuilding mindset kind of kicks back in. And it's, it's something that I want women to know that if they are stuck in like a restrictive mindset like that, it does take so much emotional healing to get out of that. It's not just a matter of like working with a nutritionist and starting to nourish yourself again. Like it's a life change and it's a lifestyle change. And you have to deal with the trauma of not loving your body and not liking the way that you look. It is traumatic to feel that way for years, as many of us did, especially as teens. And it's a lot to work through and your healing emotionally will go hand in hand with like your ability to know that you deserve better and that you deserve to nourish yourself so those things like can't be taken apart they have to go hand in hand on this journey it's
0: so true that it's that inner work and that's so important like you said for I mean everything I feel like we really don't focus on the inner work not only for healing trauma and lowering stress like that all comes into play when we're nourishing and trying to heal ourselves. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a big part of it too. And I found when I went to finally go see a therapist, I thought I was going to see her for this injury and a breakup that I had gone through, but really I started talking to her about body image and how I was showing up in the world. And even because, um, as a coach, I know for so many years, I felt I had to be in a certain body to be respectable or, whatever it was to be hired by someone. And that stuck with me. I didn't even realize it, but yeah. So the inner part is a huge thing. And I think that's also, um, a great thing to note in the, in the trauma department too, because like, if you're suppressing emotions or if something happened to you, like you said in high school, um, whether it's body image related or not, we hold on to those things. Um, and that's, that's also part of the healing journey too, which again, not many people address those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny because every conversation I have about nutrition, I feel like ends in the discussion of trauma and like real root causes, (laughs) but rightfully so because trauma of any kind, we've all been through trauma, no matter how small it is, especially as children, like we all go through traumatic experiences. And if you don't learn how to correctly process your emotions. Like, I don't think people take this seriously, but trauma gets stored in your fascia, which surrounds your organs. And if your organs are constricted, they're not going to function properly. And it can get lodged in different organs and cause all kinds of different issues. And not only that, but it is restructuring the way that your brain works. And it is keeping you in a state of fight or flight. If you aren't working through that trauma and those emotions and if your body's in fight or flight, it's focused on like running away from a lion. It's not focused on, you know, reproduction and sex hormones or detox even. And that's why with my clients, when we do find like a root cause, like a toxin or a parasite, I always tell them you need to do nervous system work first, because your body is not going to feel safe enough to detox unless you work on just supporting it and feeling calm and getting rid of those trapped emotions. So I definitely think that's a really important conversation that needs to be had a lot more when it comes to nutrition and root cause healing.
0: Yeah, totally. And that also I feel inter interlaps with our society too, right? Because we're so go, go, go. We're so more, 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 more cardio, more, this, more that. And I feel like more women need to be told, you just need to slow the heck down. Like you just need to stop for a second. <laughs> um, and that's what I found. I think really what my injury forced me to do. And I think that's why a lot of injuries or maybe even disease or whatever happens, like it forces you to slow down and actually take a look at what you're doing. And yeah. Cause I know for me, I was, biking to the gym and then I was doing an hour workout biking home I was going for walks and I was like oh this is great I'm getting outside I'm moving so much I'm moving my body but it's like it's too much and how many women do I talk to on a daily basis who are doing high intensity cardio and all these workouts and not eating enough and it's just adding and adding and adding it's compiling um and that's also just adding like you said that elevated cortisol and it's just ah so much cortisol you guys
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cortisol, you know, it's just cortisol is healthy and you want a certain degree of cortisol, but it gets to a point where your cortisol is high for so long that your body can no longer keep up without that output. And you reach this phase of cortisol, complete cortisol failure. And that's, that's burnout. That's really hard to recover from. And when that happens, I was in that phase for a very long time. Um, when that happens, you, you really do, you, your body can't heal itself. You get more injuries. You have mental disorders like anxiety and depression. Your gut stops working properly and digesting properly. And so what we do as a society is we push ourselves so hard until we reach that point. And for some people they're 20 years old when they hit that point, like I was for some people, they hit it when they're 60 and it manifests in the form of like an autoimmune disease or cancer. And because of this go, go, go constant productivity, constant working out, constant dieting mindset, like We've normalized that so much that when we see someone embracing a very slow and intentional and nourishing lifestyle, I think a lot of times we look at them and we're like, oh, like they're not doing enough with their life. They they don't do 15 minutes of stairmaster per day. Like, I just I just think that it's so crazy how far we've come as a society to get to this point. And I think a lot of us like us two right now are realizing that. And we're kind of taking a step back and saying, no, the next generation, we're not going to raise them like this. Like this can't go on. We can't sustain like this. So I think that's definitely a super important topic as well.
0: Yeah, totally. And just to quickly touch on that too. Like I know just speaking personally, I have always been a very go, go, go person and especially owning my own business. Like you said, if I ever took time off or like just a day off or I wasn't constantly doing something I felt like oh I'm not going to succeed I'm so unproductive meanwhile I'm working like seven days a week like what um but it's that like hustle culture mindset that we're so it's so rooted in us and I I'm still I still struggle with that but I force myself to take days off now and time off my phone time off social media and Connect with nature, and I feel like getting rooted in nature again is the number one thing that everyone can do. Go put your feet in some dirt, go squish your feet in the sand, go hug a tree. Literally, someone told me last week to hug a tree, and I was like, I've never had better advice in my life. Like, thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I could not agree more. I think that going off of that, the disconnection from nature has led us to increased time inside, obviously. And that means more exposure to blue light from screens, more exposure to electromagnetic frequencies, especially kids now that have an iPhone when they're like four years old, there is no regulations on exposure to electromagnetic frequencies or EMFs. And those are a huge source of inflammation. Um, and they're just completely unregulated and it's very dangerous in my opinion. And I take a lot of different, Precautions with EMFs, but I think a lot of people don't really understand that. the, The shift from us being outside all of the time, like from our true ancestral nature, connecting with nature, to being inside, staring at a blue light all the time, being sedentary, being exposed, blasted with EMFs in all directions. That alone is enough to spur enough inflammation to cause an autoimmune disease or, you know, any kind of chronic illness, because you're just constantly being bombarded with these sources of inflammation. And so, yes, getting outside as much as possible, getting outside barefoot and grounding is super duper important. And I tell all that to my clients all the time to like, get outside, stare at the sun, listen to some birds whenever you can.
0: (laughs) Really? Yeah. Instead of going on your phone, first thing, go look at the freaking sun.
1: Yes. Yes. Get some sun in your eyes to regulate your circadian rhythm right in the morning.
0: <laughs> I love that. So take biggest takeaways, go hug a tree, look at the sun. And I can't remember the other thing that you said, but it was really funny. I don't know what it was, but there was a lot of funny moments in this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. So I think we're going to cap it at that um you're definitely just gonna have to be on because I feel like we could talk for hours so yeah. I love that. <laughs> that was amazing um thank you so much for joining us Summer you are so knowledgeable and I feel like every time we talk I learn so much from you and it's just such a good um connection here um your Instagram is Heal with Summer, right
1: yes that is it
0: Okay. Amazing. Everyone needs to go follow her. Because <laughs> she has amazing just tips and knowledge and just all the good stuff. Um, also your Instagram is just so beautiful too. Like I just sometimes go to it and I just stare at it and I'm just like, <laughs> she's a queen. I love it. Um, thank you. Yeah. So thanks for being here summer. And, um, to anyone listening, I hope you guys gained a lot from this episode. Um, give us a like and a follow and, uh, yeah, let us know if you have any questions and go hug a tree. <laughs> Let's get nourished together.